This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. All right. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy. And I'm the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. Well, we are here still in quarantine, although things here in Arizona are lifting. Uh, the other day, the other day, just just last night, I went down to Desert Ridge. Jenny and I are using a little bit of the stimulus money to stimulate the economy, right? So we went to Smashburger. I, I ordered Smashburger. I went down there to pick it up. And when I went down there, some of the restaurants were open with people sitting down. Of course, they were spread out. Some tables were closed off. But, man, I was so excited to see that. I had the biggest smile on my face walking around and seeing other people doing things. What a great feeling. (laughs) I had never thought I'd be so excited to, to see people sitting at a table at a restaurant. But it's a sign that things are opening up. What a blessing. So keep praying to the Lord that that things will go well, that this will all come to an end with the coronavirus, and and things can get back to a normal state. And they can. We don't. I know people keep saying it'll never get back to the way it used to be. I think some folks just don't want it to get back to the way it used to be. And it would be nice for some things not to happen. I'm talking about the evil things of the world. I'm talking that about uh, people coming closer to the Lord, and they'll that this whole episode with the coronavirus will open their eyes and their ears to the truth. So that I do want to see. But as far as our country goes, it would be nice for us to continue prospering, just to use that prosper in a better, righteous way for the Lord. Now, um, we've been doing a series on Christian maturity. We're going to do the last one today, a good imitation. We're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 12 to 17 here in just a moment. But I want to encourage you, if you haven't heard the other episodes, go to our website, www.nvcoc.net. If you scroll down, you have to scroll down a little bit further than normal, you'll see our radio mic. You can click on that and find this episode and all our previous episodes as well. And um, <clears throat> what was I going to say next? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> what you'll also find there is our online streaming. You can, you can catch our online streamings there, and below the, the, the main uh, stream, you'll see the ones for the class and previous uh, lessons as well. I think it's a video, although I want it to be a link, so I need to get that changed. I'll take you to our YouTube channel. We have our Bible classes, our online morning services, and Wednesday night devos with the Pew Packers. And all those things can be found on there. I encourage you to go take a look at that. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That would be fantastic if you do that and bring up our numbers there. We really would appreciate that. I know on the the lessons on Sunday morning and, and the uh, Wednesday, there's a the songs and prayers and, and the Lord's Supper are still on there from the, the main service. I'm going to edit those things out to be just the lesson, not while we're doing the streaming, but uh, I probably will take those other things out uh, over time. And <clears throat> if 
I get a lot of pushback on that. I'll put it back in there, but we'll we'll see how that works out. All right. Christian maturity, a good imitation. What does it mean to be grown up? What does it mean to be a grown up? A group of five to eight-year-old children were asked that question. And I want to give you their answers. Here's, here's what they said. David, age seven, said this. You know you're grown up when your clothes don't fit anymore. Oh, man. That's, that's true. <laughs> Angie, age six, said she believed being a grown-up meant being able to ride a bike with no training wheels and having no one running along beside you. Age six. Very good, Angie. I guess that means my, my son Joshua is a grown-up now. He is seven years old. I don't have to roll, uh, run along beside him, and he doesn't have any training wheels anymore. He's doing pretty good. Amanda, age five, said this. When you can cross the street by yourself and run your own bathwater. Well, all right. Ronnie, age eight. When you get scared in the night and don't have to run into mommy's room. Boy, I can't wait till my kids get to that point. Oh. Lisa, age seven, says you are a grown-up when you are 30. Now, I'm going to agree with Lisa. In fact, uh, most of the time when you're there. Some people have to be a little older to be a grown-up. But Lisa's pretty close there. Good job, Lisa. Sherry, age six, when you stop growing old, go to work. And be our, and be a mom. When you stop growing old, go to work and be a mom. Well, all right, all right. Eric, age five. When you have wrinkles on your face and you look in the mirror and you say, "Oh no," then you're a grown up. Oh man. So there's a measure of truth, I think, in all of those answers. But as we've discovered from Scripture over the past several weeks, God has His own idea of what it means. To be a grown up. We've learned over the past several weeks uh, that an adult Christian is one who seeks to be like their father in heaven, to be perfect or be mature as their father in heaven is. They seek to be a servant of others. When they realize that they are priests of God and, and one who has a job to do and they do it, someone who seeks to find someone to teach, right? And today we're going to examine one last trait of a mature, grown-up Christian. In 1 Corinthians, Paul introduces the idea that being an adult means you give others something to imitate. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 12 to 17, reads thus. Paul writes, And we toil, working with our own hands, When we are reviled, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure. When we are slandered, we try to conciliate. We have become as the scum of the world, the dredges of all things, even until now. I do not write these things to shame you, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For if you were to have countless tutors in Christ, Yet you would not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel. Therefore I exhort you, be imitators of me. For this reason, 
I have sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, and he will remind you of my ways, which are in Christ, just as I teach everywhere in every church. Okay. In this passage, we find that Paul wanted the Corinthians to imitate him because he was their father figure. Now, the Greek word Paul uses here is mimitan, which we get our words mimic or imitate, mimitan. And it's repeated several times in Scripture. And this is an expression of an important biblical concept. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, Paul writes, Be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. He's talking to the Corinthians. Look at me as the example. See, sometimes we need more than just uh, words, right? We need to see something. And Paul's telling you, you can see it in me. I am imitating Christ. If you need to see how it really looks, look at me. Again, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 9, he advises, The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. So he's telling you all these things. Not only have you learned it from me, not only did you receive it from me, not only have you heard me preach this, but you've seen it in me. Imitate me, is what he's saying to the Philippians. Peter, in chapter or in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 3, he tells elders their job must be to lead, quote, not, uh, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. Examples to the flock. Be, be that type of person that they can imitate. Be Christ, so that they may see what Christ looks like and imitate you. In, in case that idea is lost, you know, on the rest of the church, God tells them in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. There it is again. And then also, Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, brethren, join in following my example, and observe those who walk according to the pattern of, you have in us. There it is again. Not only is it Peter, uh, Paul saying there in Philippians, uh, use me uh, as your example of what you've seen in me, imitate that, but also look to others who walk according to the pattern. That means you, you have to not only know what the Bible says, but you need to be able to see it in other people. And when you do, man, follow that example. Sometimes it helps us to have a hands-on kind of uh, a learning process. You know how uh, in college and in schools you you have the time for lecture and then you you have uh, not shot what do they what do they call it when it's hands on it's lecture and then lab lab is the hands on type of, of work I think and so our objective is to get to the point of maturity where we can be examples for others where people can look at us and say hey man I read about that in the Bible that guy's walking according to the pattern. And hopefully, maybe these, these passages will come to their mind, and they'll say, man, I need to imitate that. 
We all should be making that our goal to be that kind of life that others can see and imitate. Now, the most obvious way to become an example is to find a position of responsibility where we can influence others. Where we can influence others. That, that can be all kinds of, you know, some of the things that just randomly pop in my mind, you know, get involved in the youth group. There's one way. Here at North Valley, we have pew packers. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Clean the building. Sounds little, doesn't it? It's an example for others to follow. Or get involved in another work. There's so much that can be done. Teach a Wednesday night class yeah, or a Devo. Uh, maybe teach a high school class or one of the Sunday morning Bible uh, classes. Start an in-home Bible study. There you go. And, and talking about the Pew Packers, that's one of the projects here at North Valley that's really impressed me the most. Uh, I was telling you uh, earlier about on our website, www.nvcoc.net. You, you can scroll down. You can see our Bible classes. And Wednesday, uh, you click on that, you can get over to the YouTube channel, and you can find the Wednesday night devos there. At the end of those, I, I've been throwing in half of our pew packer questions for folks. Now here, when we were meeting, Lord willing, we'll be doing that uh, soon, all the kids will come up, kids being from, you know, however young, up to high school, and they sit on the front row and we ask them Bible questions. Uh, we're working through certain books of the Bible in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, and then toward the uh, at the end, after about two or three weeks of that, we'll do a... A, a Bible Jeopardy up on the board where they, they have a topics, they can choose points, and they get harder at the higher number of points they have. It's awesome. The kids are great. They have they do memory verses. They, they know the Bible. It's a, and it's a great review for us as well. It's a great pattern to follow as well. I love it. It's a good thing. Also allowing our men here at North Valley to teach classes on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings is a great opportunity for them to grow and be a good example. Paul told Timothy to do this very thing when he wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So if you're a teacher or a person with a ministry within the church, you need to find someone you can mentor. Someone you can train to do what you do. That doesn't mean you're like this uh, professor with a, a class that you're, or, or a group of disciples. You just find someone and say, hey, you know what? I think you could, you could teach. And if they're nervous, start with the small devos on Sunday night or Wednesday night. Start small. And then slowly graduate them to other things. We, we've done that here at North Valley. And pe- the men are doing great. And they're doing more. And this training of others is more than just teaching facts and figures. Now, while teaching about things like who were Peter, James, and John, where is Damascus on the map, and what did the tabernacle look like, those things are valuable and worthwhile. That's not what Paul stressed in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, when he said there in verse 12, and we toil, working with our own hands. One of the things Paul wanted the Corinthians to imitate was his work ethic. And similarly, similarly, he wrote to the church in Thessalonica in 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 7 through 9, he wrote this. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. Because we did not act in an undisciplined manner, right? 
among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but with labor and hardship we kept working night and day so that we would not be a burden to any of you, not because we did not have the right to to this, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you so that you would follow our example. There it is, over and over again. Be undisciplined, or be undisciplined, be disciplined and have the right kind of attitude that others can follow the pattern and see it in your life. Now, back over in 1 Corinthians 4, though, that verses 12 to 13, when we are reviled, what did he say? We bless. When we are persecuted, we endure. When we are slandered, we try to consolidate. We have become as scum of the world and dredges of all things, even until now. Paul wanted the Corinthians to mimic his response to unfair and deceitful people. What's the response? When he gets cursed, he blesses. When he is persecuted, he endures it. When he is slandered, he answers kindly. These aren't theological ideas he's pushing. He's telling them to emulate his lifestyle. When people are around you, you should also be an example of these things for them. Too often, we might, as Christians, behave like the motorist at a traffic light. Jay Leno tells this story. Jay Leno was stopped behind another fellow. It was a stoplight in front of that one guy, and he was stopped behind that guy, so he's the second car in the stoplight. And he was sitting there, and Jay Leno loves cars, so he, he's a big car guy. I saw this on one of his YouTube channels. Uh, but he sees a bumper sticker on uh, a man's back car, and it said, Honk if you love Jesus. Oh, okay. Well, Jay Leno lightly tapped the horn of the car. I love Jesus, right? I honked. At this, the man rolled down his window, stuck out his head, and yelled back, The light's still red, you moron! <laughs> no. That's, that's the story he told. Is it true? I don't know, but I believe it. Can you imagine the effect that type of behavior has on others? <laughs> that's why Paul didn't, did not emphasize that people should copy his teaching style. Instead, he stressed they should imitate his lifestyle. Another way of saying it is, it's good to talk the talk, but it's better to walk the walk. Right? Yeah. Now, there's one more very critical thing that we need to model for others. We, uh, and that is we need to be able to teach a love for God and a love for his word. When Abraham Lincoln was growing up, we're told that his mother had a powerful effect on how he saw God. From age two till he was nine years old, that's when she died, he heard from her, repeat to him the stories from the Bible and repeat to him teachings from the scripture. And when she was on his death when when she was on her deathbed, she called him to her side and told him, "I'm going away from you, Abraham, and I shall not return. I know you will be a good boy. I want you to live as I have taught you, to love your heavenly Father and keep his commandments." He promised. That promise made all the difference in how he eventually led our country through its darkest hours of the Civil War. Jenny and I teach our kids Bible
Bible stories every night. We read to them. Uh, we, we start with uh, we read books from uh, read from another book, like some series of kid books, and then the last few stories is stories from the Bible. We found this great children's Bible. I can't think of the name or who published it. We we bought a lot or went through a whole lot till we found one we really liked. I really like this one. The way it simplifies the stories and goes through the whole Bible. We started in Genesis. We're into the Gospels now. And uh, got, we're almost through the whole thing. And when we get finished, we're going to start back to the beginning and go through those stories again and again and again. Bob Parsons commented once. He said, quote, My Sunday school teachers did not mind telling the same story over and over and over again. Why? Because they didn't mind telling it. And I loved to hear it. What a great attitude. What a great attitude. Too often, I think folks might regard the church like they do the Sunday newspaper. People buy newspapers to gain what? Information and entertainment. Much the same reason many folks may go to the worship service. And that's because newspapers are not interactive. There is no way for a reader to directly input information like they would with a computer. But newspapers didn't used to be that way. Did you know that? Some of you might. I didn't know this. I had to look up. They didn't have this sort of thing when I was growing up. But it didn't used to be that way. Early newspapers were often passed from person to person. Like somebody would get a newspaper and they would hand it off to another guy. And the papers would contain one or more blank pages, especially toward the end of the paper. And this was there on purpose. The subscribers to the paper could fill it in with their own news before sending the newspaper on to their friends. And it would go from next to next to next. And people would add in the news of what's going on with their family or in their area. They would pass it on. And sometimes I would get back to the newspaper, and then they would reprint that. That was awesome. It was like the first uh, forum, <laughs> online forum. And that is the model that God wants his church to be like. He not only wants us to read his word and to hear it, he wants us to write it out in our lives to be the example for others to follow. How and how we, we work. You know, what is your attitude when you're at work? When other people are watching you, they know. You don't think people, at least they should know that you're a, you're a Christian. Live it out. Not just now uh, at work, but even in times of crisis like this. How are Christians living and acting? Uh, I see a lot of people want to try to pull things uh, from Revelation saying that we're in the last days. I just saw a picture on Facebook. Somebody posted a picture, a doctored photo, a Photoshop photo of a snake with like six or seven heads. And he said, oh, we're in the last days. This snake proves it fulfills prophecy. False. False teaching. That is not true. And they're leading people astray for with that. And then when it turns out to not be true, which they'll know soon it's not true, then what? They'll think that this whole Christianity thing is a bunch of fooey. Know the truth. Live it out. And how we work, how we live, and in how we love and follow Jesus. A missionary in India was once teaching the Bible to a group of Hindu ladies. He was going through everything, and halfway through his lesson, one of the women got up and walked out. 
Now, he kept teaching, and the next Sunday he was teaching again. She was there, and about halfway through she got up and walked out. And this went on for, for several weeks, and finally once he, he stopped her and asked, why do you keep coming to my lessons and then walk out halfway through? You're missing a lot of great points. She goes, I know, I want to be here for them, but you say so many things, I just have to find out if it's true. Do you really live like that? And I talked to people who've been, you've been staying with. I talked to your driver, and they all said that you live the way you talked. And so I make sure I come back each Sunday. But then you tell me other things, and I just have to find out if it's so. Now, I'm not saying we ought to be getting up in the middle of lessons and, and going out checking these things out, but she wanted to know if it was true. And when she discovered it was true, she kept coming back. Our challenge is to get to the point in our lives when we can say with Paul, as he said in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. Be imitators of me. And that's the lesson. That's the attitude we need to have. Thank you again for being here with me. i got a couple of minutes, so I want to push again to get to the website, www.nvcoc.net. Uh, you scroll way down, you'll hit that, click on that radio mic. You can find this lesson and all the previous lessons. Find those video recordings by clicking on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. That will help me out greatly. I would appreciate that. Watch the videos. Leave some comments there. That is encouraging for me, and it helps me to know that people are watching and listening and are finding uh, uh, something good there uh, as well. So I hope this has all been been good and uh, welcoming for you. Thank you again, and I pray that the Lord may bless you and watch over you. Be good. Stay, uh, keep the social distancing for now. Hopefully it won't last long, but things are opening up and be thankful to the Lord for that always. May the Lord bless you. Take care. Sending up to sweep away till she'll dawn the better day. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Till the sinful world be one for Jehovah's mighty son. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ.